going to let the gap class go and uh, follow brother and sister Talsman out. And they're going to hear from God and the word of the Lord. I know they're going to have a great time. Praise the Lord. Would you give the Lord and pastor a hand clap as he comes to the pulpit? Somebody say, preach to me, pastor. Praise God. Oh, why don't you just shout hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Oh, ain't God good. Amen. I give honor today to this congregation. So good to be back at Praise Temple once again. Praise the Lord. Hopefully I'm not going to have to say that very much longer this year. But God has been good. And my, we have seen some wonderful things. I give honor to the ministry that, that uh, did such a wonderful job. The church services that were had and the people that were touched here. This past Sunday, we, uh, we went to uh, Kiwi Valley. There, the ladies' prison just out of Louisville, Kentucky. And, uh, <clears throat> you know, I couldn't help but think in a place of, that's a hotbed of spiritual activity, you can imagine, that in that place, every devil was put under our feet people were delivered in the name of Jesus Christ. People were filled with the Holy Ghost this past Sunday. Hallelujah. The anointing of God was so powerful and people were hungry for the Word of God. Let me tell you something. You can have anything you need from God if you're hungry enough. When you get hungry for God, you'll get what you want from the Lord. Praise God. When you make up in your mind that that's what I'm going to have, the devil himself can't stop you. Amen. And God moved and ministered in such a mighty way. I give honor to our team, all of those that worked and, and ministered with us there. And we love and appreciate them all. Uh, just They did such a wonderful job. And uh, we put together a praise team that had never sang together in our lives. And uh, I'll tell you this, it didn't matter. By the time we got going and those folks were worshiping, amen, the presence of God fell in such an amazing way that all I can say is you had to have been there to experience what happened in that place. Amen. But God moved. He ministered. And let me say this today. When you go inside of a place like that, it helps you to realize what's important. And while we have our eyes on so many other things in our lives, I want to tell you our first thing ought to be Jesus. It ought to be Jesus. We ought to be so hungry for revival that the devil himself can't stop you from having church. That the glory of God is loosed in the house of God. And Amen. But it will help you to see that there are still hungry people in this world. Praise the Lord. I give everyone honor today. So good to be behind this pulpit again. Praise God. You have your Bibles. I want to go to the Word for a little while. Praise God. We're going to go to Jeremiah, the 29th chapter. Jeremiah 29.
We're going to go to verses 11 through 13. These are very familiar scripture. But I will probably preach them in a different way or teach them. And I will tell you tonight that I'll probably be in a teaching mode. That we're going to teach them differently than many of you may have heard. And I'm going to give you some things to consider tonight in the Lord. Praise God. Jeremiah the 29th chapter. Beginning at verse 11, the Bible says, For I know the thoughts that I think toward you, saith the Lord, thoughts of peace and not evil, to give you an expected end. Then you then shall ye call upon me, and you shall go and pray unto me, and I will hearken unto you. And you shall seek me and find me, and when you shall search for me with all your heart. Amen. You shall seek me. And find me when ye shall search for me with all of your heart. How many today are hungry for the Lord? Amen. I want to teach today on this topic. God, His plan of prosperity. God's plan of of prosperity. How many know that God has a plan for all of us? Yes, He does. Why don't we ask God to bless this service today. Lord, we love you. We thank you for what you've already done. We thank you for the word of God that has already been administered. For the Holy Ghost that has already touched hearts. Lord, for the healing that has already, God, been poured out upon those requested. I pray, Lord, that you would touch every heart and every soul. In the name of Jesus, I bind every devil that would try to stop service. I pray today every high place come down and that the glory of God and the power of God be made evident in the house of God. Lord, this is your house. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. And the church said, Amen. Praise God. You can be seated tonight. Praise the Lord. God always has a plan for the righteous. Psalms 37 and 23 say this. The steps of a good man are ordered of the Lord. And he delights in his way. God always has a plan. And he always gives us instruction for every problem. For every deficit that we would face in our life. God gave us instruction. And he gave us a plan. In Revelation 13 and 8, the Bible tells us that the Lamb was slain from the foundation of the world. Before you and I were a thought to anyone else. Amen. God had an answer for humanity's sin problem before Adam was ever born. Let me tell you about a God that is far reaching. That's able to reach into our lives and change minds and change souls and Minister to your need. And it doesn't matter how great your need. God today is able to minister to your need. If you will fall into his plan. If you'll follow his plan. Amen. Revelation 13 and 8. The lamb was slain before the foundation of the world. In Matthew 6 and 8. The Bible said your father knoweth what things that we have need of. Before you even ask for them. Amen. Now that doesn't mean that we don't ask. That means that he knows what we need before we ask. Amen. Let me tell us today, I knew my children's need. I know my children's need. Amen. 
But in growing up, before they ever asked me for anything, I knew the need that they would have. And so does God. He knows and he understands, Sister Jennifer, every need that we have. God knows. And he's got a plan for that. Your Father knoweth what things that we have need of before you ask. 2 Corinthians 9, verses 8 and 9, the Bible said, And God is able to make all grace abound toward you, that you always, having all sufficiency, everybody's saying all sufficiency. Amen. That means this, he's an all-sufficient Savior. All sufficiency in all things. Everyone say all things. Amen. In every need of your life, God is able to supply. He said that you may abound to every good work as it is written. He hath dispersed abroad. He hath given to the poor. His righteous remains forever. Now he that ministereth seed to the sower both minister bread for your food and multiply your seed sown and increase the fruit of your righteousness. In other words, there's not a need that you have that God cannot supply. Amen. There's not one area of life that you have need of that God is not able to fill the void or to minister to the deficit that you've had. Amen. If you could think back to times in your life, how many times has he worked the impossible? How many times has he moved on your behalf? Brother Ronnie, how many times has he ministered when you thought, Lord, I don't know what I'm going to do right here. Amen. He's an all-sufficient Savior. Being enriched in everything, Scripture goes on to say, to all bountifulness which causeth through us thanksgiving to God. In other words, when God ministers to us His bountifulness, when He supplies our need, it is to generate in us what? Thankfulness. Amen. Give thanks to God in everything for this is the will of God. Amen. For you, this is the will of God. We ought to be thankful beyond belief. What has he done? He woke you up this morning. If you're not thankful for anything else, you need to thankful. You need to be thankful for a heartbeat and breath in your body. Amen. If you walked over to your cupboard this morning and you were able to get out a loaf of bread, then you need to thank God that he supplied. Amen. Food for your bones. Amen. He provided you a way to the house of God. He's provided us a place of worship. He's provided us. Amen. God has given to us. Amen. He is an all-sufficient Savior. God's plan is absolutely complete for us in all areas of our life. There's nothing that we have need of that God is not able to supply. Amen. If you're in turmoil, He's our peace giver. Amen. If you're lonely, He's our friend. If you're wounded, He's our physician. Amen. Psalms 29 and 1. We ought to be able to quote this. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? Amen. I'm going to tell you today if you're afraid for any reason. Amen. There's a Savior whose name is Jesus that is there for you. And there's no need. Amen. For you to have fear in your life or panic attacks in your own. The devil's a liar. Amen. I've got a God that's able To minister to every need of my life. Amen. If you mourn, he's your comforter. Amen. If you hunger and thirst, the Bible said you shall be filled. If you're lost, he's our Savior. There's nothing that we have need of 
that God is not able to move upon. God's word gives us a good clear direction to all areas that need, that need supplication in our life. In other words, God knows our need. Amen. And like the good father that he is, he's waiting for us to call upon his name, believing him that he is going to supply, amen, our need according to his riches which are in glory. How many knows that he owns the cattle of a thousand hills? He supplies our needs according to his riches which are in glory. Amen. How rich is God? Amen. Have you ever, uh, how many in this place ever, oh, if I just win the lottery. If you haven't said that, raise your hand. How about that? Oh, if I could just do this. Well, let me tell you, you own, uh, God owns the cattle of a thousand hills and he supplies your need according to his riches, which are in glory. You've got a God that a lottery is nothing to. Gold is what you walk on in heaven. Gates of pearl are what you go through. Amen. Walls of jasper, just what you look at in that place. Amen. God is a sufficient Savior. But God gives us good, clear direction in all areas that need supplication in our life. If we lack salvation in our lives, you know what he did? He gave us a plan of salvation for those that lack salvation. Amen. I preached this in the prison. Amen. In one part of the Bible studies, he gave us the plan of salvation. If you're lacking salvation, if you'll be obedient to Acts 2 and 38, if you'll repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, amen, you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Amen. And guess what? The promise is unto you and to your children, to all that are far off, as many as the Lord our God shall call. That is the plan of salvation that he's given to us. He said, I'm going to put it right here. I'm going to put it in my word. And when you get ready for it, it's right here. Amen. So God gave us a plan. Amen. If we need salvation in our life. Amen. If, if we need healing in our lives, James 5 and 14. Amen. He gave us another plan. Amen. In, in the Bible here it says, If there be any sick among you, let him call for the elders of the church and let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of the faith will save the sick and the Lord shall raise him up. How many believe that today? I believe that today. Amen. I believe today that we prayed. Amen. For a pastor up here, Sister Forbes, that has cancer. And you want to know what I believe? I believe that tonight, amen, God touched that man because he honored the faith of those that are in this place and we obeyed scripture. We followed just what the word says, amen, and now it's up to the Lord and God is able to do exceedingly abundantly above. God always gives a plan. He never leaves us without instruction in our life. Always. In every area of need that you have, you can go to the Word of God and you can find out God's plan for man. Amen. Is that all right? Now let me speak to us about God's law of financial blessing. I see so many today living below God's standard of blessing. Struggling or just existing or making do. I do agree with many in this. I, I understand today, even as I get older, that we all go through cycles in our life, don't we? We do. 
That's just part of the cycles of life. But I believe today that even in the down cycles of our life, Brother Walden, God still blesses me. I can look back and see God's plan has been implemented and God is moving and ministering and touching and, and, and He's taking care of me in a thousand different ways. God's grace has been abundant in my life. But if I follow God's plan in my life, I want you to know that God, according to the Word of God, is obligated to bless me. Did you know that? Oh, y'all are not believing me tonight. Amen. God is obligated to bless when we obey the Word. When we follow it with a right heart, a right soul, and a right mind. And I, I, I allow God to implement the plan. If I follow the word of God, guess what? I've got a blessing on the way. Amen. Amen. And, if, and if not, then what are we doing here? Amen. I believe the word of God. I just simply believe it. It says it. And I believe it. So many today are living below God's standard of blessing. I see so many people today that struggle uh, existing, making do, barely making ends meet. I, I want everyone to know this, that God's law are absolutely immutable. 2 Corinthians 1 and 20 says, For all of the promises of God in Him are yea, and in Him, amen, unto the glory of God by us. In other words, God takes glory in blessing us. Now think about that for a moment. He takes glory in blessing us. Amen. I, uh, I, I was looking and watching. My brother posted. Uh, my mother and father had need of a car. And uh, my younger brother, Lee, saw fit to supply them with a very nice vehicle. And I've watched that video several times. I get to see my dad and my mom. And they were rejoicing. But I looked at the look on their face and the tears that ran down their face. Amen. And that was amazing. But let me tell you something. I could only imagine the smile that was on Brother Lee's face as they were being blessed with that. Let me tell you, I can only imagine the smile on God's face when we follow His plan and He blesses us. Amen. For all of the promises of God in Him are yea and in Him amen unto the glory of God by us. In other words, God takes glory in blessing us. How about that? 3 John 1 and 2 says this, Beloved, I wish above all things that thou mayest prosper and be in health even as thy soul prospers. I know today that there are people that are prosperity preachers and they, they thwart the word of God and they, they take it out of context. And I know all of that goes on. But let me tell us all today that if we follow God's plan, He desires to bless us in all areas of our life. God takes pleasure in blessing us. Amen. Let's look at God's plan of prosperity. What does God have in mind for what does God want to do for us? Amen? Luke 6 and 38 said, Give, and it shall be given to you, good measure, 
pressed down, shaken together, and running over, shall men give into your bosom. For with the same measure that you shall give, it shall be measured unto you again. I, I want all of us to know today that the promises of God, amen, are always conditional. I know that salvation is a free gift, but you've got to follow God's plan of salvation. Amen. We know that God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever would believe would not perish, but have everlasting life. But guess what? That promise is, is given and, and lobbed out there, if I could say, for everybody. Amen. The Bible said, to whomsoever will, let him come. So we know the promise is given, but guess what? It's up to the individual to receive salvation. And let me tell us today, amen, blessing and prosperity are much the same. God wants to bless you. God wants to prosper you. God wants to minister in your life. But we have to follow God's plan of blessing. Amen. Now that doesn't say that we don't have hard times, tough times. That doesn't say, amen, that, that we're not ever going to face a financial situation in our life in which we're tried. But let me tell you this. You're here tonight, aren't you? Amen. So God's promise has been active in all of our lives, hasn't it? We can look back and see God's hand has measured meat in all of the areas that we've needed it to be. Amen. He said, given it shall be given. Matthew 25, it tells us of the five, the two, and the one talents. To one he gave five. To another one he gave two. And to another one, he gave one. In other words, he invested in those expecting to have a return. Now let me tell us today, God has invested in you. This is the earnest of our inheritance. So that is an investment that God has put in us expecting to see a return. Do you see what I'm saying? Amen. And when God put in us, he put in us amen, the potential of reaching people. The potential of, uh, of ministering the gospel to people. Amen. And God never invests in something that he doesn't expect to return in. As a matter of fact, he gets angry when he don't get a return. I must have everybody's attention tonight. Amen. Those, those, those hungry ladies spoiled me this past Sunday. They preached me hard. Whenever God invested and he didn't get a return, he got angry. You can find it in the word of God. When he talked about the talents, when the five multiplied his, amen, and returned five more, God blessed him. He said, well done, thy good and faithful servant, enter in. Amen. The next one with his uh, couple, amen, he multiplied that. He said, well done, thy good and faithful servant. Amen. But when he got down to the one, he said, Lord, I was scared I was going to lose your money. He said, so I took it and I buried it, oh lazy scoundrel. Yeah, he lied. He wasn't scared he was going to lose it. He was lazy with what God gave him. Am I right, Brother Danny? I'm on the money. Amen. So he took and he buried the talent that God put in him. And that time, that, that one came back, Sister Stacy. The Bible said that he threw him into outer darkness with weeping and gnashing of teeth. In other words, God wrought judgment on the one investment that didn't return. Now let me tell you something. I believe, 
Amen. That when we invest, we ought to get a return. Amen. I believe that. As a matter of fact, the Bible tells us to invest. Did you know that? Amen. You can get into Scripture and find out. Amen. The Bible said in Ecclesiastes 11 and 2, Invest in seven ventures, and also in eight thou knowest not what disaster may come upon the land. In other words, he said don't only invest, but diversify. How about that? These are not things we usually talk about. But he said you invest, and then he said diversify. In other words, you make sure that the investment you make is sound. Now let me tell us today, there is no sounder investment that you can make than in the kingdom of God. That's the greatest investment that you'll ever make in your entire life. When you invest in the kingdom of God, amen, I've said this before, amen, it is a, it, it is a litmus test, amen, for our Christian character. Amen, it tells us what we're made out of. Investing is not just a secular idea. It is absolutely a kingdom concept. It is God's law of sowing and reaping. This is God's instruction. Galatians 6 and 7 says, Be not deceived, God is not mocked, for whatsoever man soweth, that shall he also reap. Amen. You, you, you sow bad things, I got news for you today, you can't escape bad things in your life. Amen. Praise God. If you sow bad things, you're going to reap bad things in your life. But the immutable law of God is this, that if you sow righteous things, you're going to reap righteous things in your life. I've known a world of people that lived in a world of trouble going, why in the world am I going through this? Amen. When in fact, if they would just look behind them at the havoc and destruction that they've reaped, they're, they're realizing that I'm reaping what I've sown. Amen. I... I I've had family members that, that had addictions in their life and, and I'm telling you their families were broken up and their children were lost and some of them died premature deaths. Why? Because they walked out of the will of God and ultimately they reaped what they sowed. I want to tell somebody tonight, amen, I came here tonight to preach the gospel and to tell us this, you're going to reap what you sow. Amen. You like it or not, it's going to come up. You put a seed down, that's what's going to come up. You plant corn, you're going to grow corn. You plant beans, you're not going to grow corn. You're going to grow beans. Amen. Be not deceived. God is not mocked for whatsoever man soweth. That shall he also reap. How many in this place need blessing in their life? Amen. I know today that I'm speaking to a generous church. As a matter of fact, this church is phenomenal in its act of giving and doing. And I give all of you honor for that. But I'm just going to remind us today of a few things. Did you know that God is not obligated to financially bless those that withhold their finances from the kingdom of God? Amen. In other words, this, if you're praying, God bless my finances and you are not investing in the kingdom of God, you're praying contrary to the measure of God. Amen. You hear what I'm saying today? 
Amen. If you're going to be blessed in a certain area of your life, you've got to show in a certain area of your life. I watched this scenario play itself out repeatedly in many years of pastoring. And it's this. I don't have enough to give. Amen. I don't make enough to tithe. I barely make ends meet. Amen. I want to say this today. Amen. Not in a condemning way because we have all been to this place in our lives. But I'll never forget as a young man, I was, uh, we were going through some things. Sister Cook and I were struggling financially. We were barely above being kids ourselves, raising kids. And we come to a place in our life that we didn't know where the next dollar was going to come from. Y'all ever been like that? Amen. Let me tell you, I, I came to a place in our life. I, I, we were down to our last $5 in the whole wide world. And we didn't know where the next $5 was going to come from. And I'll never forget, we had kids and formula and diapers and all of that kind of business going on. And I'll never forget, my, uh, 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 we came offering time and my wife looked at me and whispered across to me. She said, I have $5. And I said, well, give it. She said, no, I have $5. And I knew then what she was saying is this. Sister Jenny, we had $5 to our name. That's all we had in the whole wide world. Has anybody ever been like that? Amen. We had $5 to our name. We didn't know how in the world we were going to make it. I, I, I had no idea what was going to transpire. She looked at me. She said, what do you want me to do? I said, put an offering plate. I said, God can do more with that $5 than I can. I know that I've told this story before and we listen to the stories of pastor over and over again. Just pretend you didn't hear it last time. How about that? We put that $5 in the plate and we drove home that night. And when, uh, when I unlocked the door, the phone was ringing. The phone was ringing. I went in and there was a contractor that had a job for me. Just giving my last $5. He met me on the job the next day and he walked through the entire job with me. Brother Kevin was there. He looked at me and gave me the funniest look in the world and he said, follow me to the truck. This was in the dead of winter time, Brother Walden. I followed him to the truck and he got his checkbook out and he wrote a $250 check for me and a $250 check for Kevin. And I'll never forget, he said, I don't know why I'm doing this. You don't, you don't pay a subcontractor before he begins the job. That's not good business. That's the truth. Now, we pay contractors for the job price, but a subcontractor that just started on the job, you don't do that. But he said, I don't know why I'm doing this. And in my heart of hearts, I was saying, oh, I know why you're doing it. Because I gave to the kingdom of God, and God's promises are absolutely immutable. And he said, if you give to the kingdom, I'll give to you pressed down, shaken together and running over Amen. Now, I know today that there are some in this place that are going through financials and you're saying, uh, 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 going through financial struggles and, and you're giving your tithing and you're giving your offering. Let me tell you this. Amen. There's not a single person in here that has been, that has not been in that way. And know for this, that in the cycles of our life, as we get older, usually it gets easier. Is that all right? I'm just speaking of finances tonight. Amen. In other words, I was your age too. I've been there. We've done that. We know. God always has a plan. But I've seen so many people say, 
I don't have enough to give and I don't make enough money to tithe and we just barely make ends meet all the while withholding not only our part but God's part. Brother Kevin, I want you to pull me some scripture up if you would, Brother Kevin. Let's go to Mark 12, 41 through 44. I always think of this when I hear people say, I, I, I just I don't have enough to give adequately. I'm struggling with myself. I'm, I'm struggling in finances. We have bills to pay. We have diapers to buy. We have all of these things to go through. Mark chapter 12, verses 41 through 44. Stand up, Brother Kevin. Read that. And Jesus sat over against the treasury and beheld how the people cast money into the treasury. Now hold it right there. I want to remind everybody this. God is always watching you. Always. He's watching you. God always is watching what you do with what he's given you. How many know that everything that we possess, we are just simply stewards of? Naked came I into this world, naked I'll leave this world. Amen. Brother Forbes, everything I have, God gave it to me. Amen. Now, there was some work put into it, but everything that I have, God gave to me. As a matter of fact, everything that I have is this. It belongs to the Lord. It belongs to Him. I'm, I'm preaching tonight to somebody. Read on, Brother Kevin. God is watching. And many that were rich cast in much. Okay. So those with much money cast in much. Read on. And there came a certain poor widow, and she threw in two mites, which make a farthing. Two mites, which are a farthing, what, which are nearly nothing. But listen to it. And he called unto him his disciples, and saith unto them, Verily I say unto you, that this poor widow hath cast more in than all they which have cast into the treasury. For they did cast in of their abundance, but she of her want did cast in all that she had, even all her living. I want you to see this. First of all, God is always watching. And second of all, he never stopped this little uh, widow woman from giving what she had unto the Lord. But what he did is he blessed her. And some would say, but Brother Cook, I, I, I see no place this lady gained financially. I, I see no place that uh, there's an end to the story and she's living in a mansion. I, I, I don't know that, but I do know the immutable laws of God. And the immutable laws of God are this, that if I give to the kingdom of God, he's obligated to give back to me. As a matter of fact, I have the ability, as Hezekiah did, Brother Walden, to, to go to the Lord when I'm in trouble and say, Now, God, I've worked for the kingdom of God. I've, I've, I've done what I've had. I've, I've, I've given as I've been instructed. And let me tell you, you can get God's attention in that manner in saying, God, look at what I've done. Because there was a prophet one time that went to Hezekiah and he said, Hezekiah, he said, your time is over. Get your house in order. And Hezekiah, amen, he turned his face to the wall and he said, God, I've been faithful. 
Lord, I've tore down idols. I've lived for the kingdom of God. I, I pushed and, and God turned the prophet around. And he said, because of your giving and because of your doing, he said, I'm going to give you 15 more years. Let me tell some of you, your children are in the pews today because you've been faithful to the kingdom of God. You've got a roof over your head because you've given to the kingdom. You don't know the accidents that you've been held out of because God said, hey, there's one of my children that's been faithful to me. You don't know the time that he's blessed your life because he's seen the abundance of giving that you had. So let me tell us today in looking at the little widow, the next time you say, I don't have enough. If you have any, you have enough. Is that all right? Amen. I'm going to try that again. If you have any, you have enough. Know this today. God will not bless. Nor continue to bless. What he cannot touch. I want to say that again. God is not obligated to bless what he does not touch. Jesus took five loaves and two fishes and he fed 5,000 people after he blessed them and he broke them. When he got his hands on them, he multiplied the loaves through the blessing of God. He took a young man that said, this is all I've got, and he multiplied it for his purpose. There was a widow in Zarephath that had a little oil in a, in a cruise and she had a little meal in the bottom of a barrel and the prophet met her there and he said, what do you have? She said, I've got a little of this and a little of that. And she said, I'm going to eat this and we're going to die. He said, i got a word for you. If you'll make me a cake, my, if you'll make me a but that's all I've got, God. Let me tell you, because she was obedient to him, amen, the cruise never went dry and the meal barrel never went dry because she said, I'm willing, my, I'm willing to do what the word says for me to do. And just for a word of information, that woman was not even a Jew. She wasn't even a Jew. As a matter of fact, he bypassed every Hebrew in the country to go to Zarephath to go bless a little woman that was willing to give to the kingdom of God. Now let me tell us all today, God is willing to bless you in your need if you're willing to give into his kingdom. This is an investment thing. It's an investment thing. Amen. Church, for an investment to be made, something must be given. Amen. Something has to be given. You will never invest in something that you have no faith in. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Praise the Lord. You'll never give in nothing that you have no faith in. Well, I can't pay my tithes. I don't make enough money. Well, you ain't got enough faith to pay your tithes. Because you know that if God were to get his hands on your tithing, he'll multiply them for your purpose if you'll trust him. But if you don't trust him, you're going you're gonna to eke it out. You're going to make it. Amen. But let me tell you, I believe that it's the will of God that you live in abundance instead of need. 
Amen. Do you believe that today? This is the truth. Where your treasure is. Where your treasure is, there your heart is also. Now that is right the majority of the time. And I'm going to give you an example. We were on our way to Pee Wee Valley. And I stopped by McDonald's. Sister Stacy and those folks robbed me at McDonald's. It would have been it, it would have been no more robbery if they hadn't held a gun to me. I went in there and ordered two burritos and a drink, and Sister Cook got a biscuit and a drink, and it was twenty dollars. And I said, twenty dollars. She looked at me and she said, "Yep, twenty dollars." Now there my treasure was, but my heart was not at McDonald's. As a matter of fact, I was upset and I'm still upset about it. That kind of stuff will work in your spirit of unforgiveness when you're robbed like that. Listen to me. We don't think a thing in the world about dropping 20 bucks at McDonald's. But $20 looks Amen. We proclaim our religiosity, amen, as oneness when we come to the house of the Lord. Y'all know what I'm saying. Amen. Because in the world now, if two people go to eat dinner somewhere nice, you're spending 50, 60, 70. Amen. But yet our tithing can seem like so much. Let me tell everybody this. The Bible says render unto Caesar his part and render unto God his part. Let me ask you this. Does Caesar get his part? You better believe he does. Amen. We call him Uncle Sam, but he's still Caesar. Amen. He still gets his part every time. As a matter of fact, he'll chase you down, put a gun to you, and make you pay your part. Amen. He is determined to get his part of your God's plan for individual and kingdom blessing has always been with first fruits. With first fruits. Tithing and offering. That's always been the kingdom of God. Way, 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 way back before the law. The construct of giving into the kingdom. Lie in this concept. God first. God first. I want the church to hear me today. Amen. What is the first commandment? Somebody help me. This is interactive teaching. What's the first commandment? you got to love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. You, you are to put him, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and what? All these things shall follow. Amen. Too many times we're giving God leftovers expecting big blessing. Amen. What is the first commandment? Listen to this. Abel brought forth let me, let me go into this. The process of time in Genesis 4, the Bible says that Cain brought of the fruit of the ground an offering unto the Lord. That was fruit. That was vegetables. That was what it was. Now, let me say this today. In days gone by, God accepted a harvest. Did you know that? He did. But if it was a sin offering, it had to contain blood. Okay? 
But also I find another key component in here. God rejected Cain's offering, but he didn't reject Abel's offering. And let me bring something up in this. In Cain's offering, it, it was of the fruit of the ground to the Lord, and Abel also brought of the firstlings of his flock unto the Lord. Amen. What happened? Abel took the very first that he had. And he said, Lord, this is your part. And I'm going to give you your part. Your part. But I cannot find that written about Cain. Only about Abel. God rejected Cain's part. And he accepted Abel's part. And then Cain became wroth. And the Lord told him this. He said, if you'll do that which is good, I'll accept it. If you'll just do right. Amen. So we have to know today, too many Christians are striving to be blessed, offering God leftovers. Now let me say this today, God just doesn't want your leftovers. And I know that there's times that we reach into our wallet and we have it planned on offering and we give to the Lord and, and it is what it is. But let me tell us today, the financial plan of God has always been first fruits, tithing, and offering. Amen? Cain's offering was rejected. And Abel's offering was received. In Genesis 14 and 20, I'm, I'm wrapping up soon. In Genesis 14 and 20, 400 years before the law, Abraham gave Melchizedek tithing of all. Who was Melchizedek? He was the king of Salem. What is Salem? Peace. Amen. So Melchizedek, this man that Abraham met, was the king of peace. Well, who's the king of peace? Amen. Now, if we go... To Hebrews, the Bible tells us that Jesus Christ was a priest forever after the order of Melchizedek without father and mother and neither beginning of days nor end of days. In other words, who was it that Abraham met out there in that place? I'm going to tell you. He was a theophany. He was a temporary manifestation of God, the king of Salem. Amen. And, and, and Brother Bogle, the Bible said that he paid tithes of all. Everything that he had, everything that he had gotten, he gave tithing unto the Lord. Amen. And what happened? Amen. God blessed him. He blessed his life. He blessed his countenance. He blessed his substance. Amen. Abraham tithed. What is tithe? It's 10%. Everyone say 10%. That doesn't mean $10. It doesn't mean 10 cents. It means 10%. God's construct of financial support and blessing has always been tithing and offering. It always has. Amen. That I know of, it always will be. Leviticus 27 and 30. All of the tithe of the land, whether of the seed of the land or of the fruit of the tree, is the Lord's. It is holy unto the Lord. Who does my tithing belong to? Oh, somebody help me again. Who does my tithing belong to? The Lord. It's not mine. It's the Lord's. It belongs to the Lord. Amen. And 10% and of my income belongs to God. He invested it in me that I may simply return it to Him. And I want you to see about this today. Tithing is simply an act of trust. God gave me that part. Just to see what I would do with it. How about that? It's, it's an area of trust.
between God and me. As a matter of fact, let me take you a little bit further. It's an area of transaction between me and God. He said, if you'll do this, I'll do this in your life. Amen. That still applies. Amen. My offering is, uh, uh, my tithe is the 10% of my income that belongs to God. Amen. My offering is simply my part that I give to him. God determines his part, but I determine my offering unto the Lord. And you can say, well, how much do I give to the kingdom of God in offering? How much do you want to be blessed? It's completely up to you. I remember a time that I had invested in a business and we were working it very hard and we were doing good, but we were going through some financial situations. And my wife said, what are we going to do? I said, we're going to give more. We're going to give more. Now that's contrary to carnal thought. Give more. Let me tell you something. When you give more, you're blessed more. Y'all not understanding. When you give more, you're blessed more. In the book of Malachi, God calls Israel to repentance. He's calling, calling, calling excuse me, a backslidden Israel to a place of repentance in their life. I'm going to read some scripture in Malachi 3. We're all familiar with this scripture. But so that we're reminded and that we understand it. Even from the days of your fathers, are you gone astray from mine ordinances? God had set this ordinance in the land before the law, before Abraham's covenant, all the way back to Adam and Eve, Cain and Abel. This was God's ordinance. He said, and you have not kept them. He said, return to me and I will return to you, saith the Lord of hosts. But you said, wherewith shall we return? In other words, what do you want us to do, Lord, to come back to you? And then he goes on to say this. Will a man rob God? Yet you have robbed me, but you say, wherein have we robbed me? And then God goes on to say this. In tithes and offerings. Amen. And then he said this. And this needs to be paid attention to. He said, you are cursed with a curse, for you have robbed me, even this whole nation. What had they done? They had not given God his part. They had simply withheld the portion that God said belonged to him. And then he said, you are cursed with a curse, for you have robbed me, even the whole nation. And then he goes on to tell them what to do. Listen, he gave the plan of prosperity into their life. He said, I've got some instruction for you, and I'm going to tell you what it does. He said, bring all the tithes. Everyone say tithing. Tithing, tithing into the storehouse. Does anybody know what the storehouse is? Oh, say it again. The church. Amen. Let me tell us today. Today we have... A house of God. Today we have four walls and lights and electricity and a pulpit and pew and sound. Today we have staff. Why? Because of faithful people giving into the kingdom of God. That is, he said, so that there, be me, there may be meat in my house. This is how God supplies the work. Amen? That, that's how the work of God goes on. And then he says this, and I'm going to end with this scripture. He said, prove me now herewith, saith the Lord of hosts. He said, try me. 
Check me out. Anybody want to check God out? He said, you try me. In other words, I dare you. Let me, let me tell somebody. To, I want to challenge somebody today that's going through something in your life. Why don't you take the next 30 days and see if you can outgive God? It won't happen. He said this, Try me, prove me herewith, saith the Lord of hosts, if I will not open you the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing, that there shall not be room to receive it. All of the promises of God are yea and amen. How many believe the word of God? How many need a financial blessing in your life? Let me tell you how to get it, praise the Lord. Give to the kingdom of God and watch what he'll do. And you can say, but I've been given to the kingdom of God. Well, don't give it grudgingly. Amen. And try him. He said, prove. Prove me and see. There was a very good man in our church that I talked with. And he used to work on my automobile. He said, Brother Phil, he said, I, there's an amount that I need to make. And he said, I know what it means for me, what it takes for us to make it, for us to supply our needs. And he said, I made up my mind. He said, God's going to bless me. And I said, okay. He said, I'm not paying tithes, he said, or giving tithing. He said, as 10% on what I make. He said, I'm going to start tithing. What I want to make. I said okay. He came back to me. He said God supplied what I wanted to make. And gave me over and above. Let me tell you something. You will not outgive God. It's absolutely impossible. When you make up in your mind, you want, oh, listen to me. When you get hungry for God, you go to an altar, God reaches into your life, and he saves your soul. When you want a financial blessing from God, I'm going to challenge you. Prove God. Check him out and see if what I'm telling you is wrong. You cannot outrun the blessing of God. There was a young man that became a soap maker. And he lived on the eastern seaboard and there was a man there that tutored him as a child. And that older man told him, he said, if you, he said, will give back to the kingdom of God. He said, he will give to you more than you, than you ever dreamed. And that young man began to give and he began to work. Amen. And then he began to give more. And he made up in his mind he was going to give 20%. And God multiplied his assets. And then he gave 30%. And he multiplied his assets. And then he went into toothpaste and mouthwash. And he multiplied it. Amen. At one time in his life, he was given 80% of his income trying to out run what God could give him and it multiplied his holdings beyond belief and that young man's name was Colgate you remember that the next time you go to Walmart and you buy toothpaste that says Colgate on it because it started from a young man that wanted to be blessed of God you will never outrun the blessings of God 
if you do your part. Let me tell us, the carnal mind will say, oh, the preacher always preaches on money. Let me make an admittance today to this congregation. I don't preach it enough. You don't hear me preach it very much. But when I see people struggle, Brother Walden, I'm obligated to preach it. Because I'm obligated to tell you how to be blessed. I believe today that when you give to the kingdom of God, your lights burn longer. I believe when you give to the kingdom of God, your shoes will last longer. I believe when you give to the kingdom of God adequately longer, amen, God will provide your needs according to his riches. Let me end with this. He said, if you'll do this, he said, I He said, I will open you windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing that there shall not be room to receive it. The Lord said, prove me. Try me and see if I'm not telling you. And he said, I will rebuke the devourer for your sake and he shall not destroy the fruits of your ground and neither shall your vine cast her fruit before the time in the field, saith the Lord of hosts. And all nations, listen to this, and all nations shall call you blessed for you shall be a delightsome land, saith the Lord of hosts. In other words, when you give adequately to the kingdom of God, what happens? God gives to you, pressed down, shaken together, and running over will he give to you. Amen. I want to challenge everybody in this place that if you're going through a financial situation in your life, you see if Brother Cook is not telling you the truth. You see if the word of God is not absolutely true. Amen. You put it to the test and see what God will do in your life. Amen. See. And again, I, I, can, I, I can read minds tonight sometimes behind this pulpit. Stand with me. I can read minds behind this pulpit. And let me tell you what some minds are saying. But I've given my tithes and we're struggling. I've given my tithes amen, and, and we're getting by. Look at what you have. Look at what you have. Drive around this city and look at what you have. Will God not bless you? He's blessed us abundantly, hasn't he? Praise God. Amen. Let's lift our hands to the Lord and just love him. Jesus, we love you today. We thank you for your word. We thank you, God, for your direction, Lord, for your anointing. We thank you for the blessings of life, God, for all that you've supplied and done, Lord. I give you honor. I give you praise. I give you glory. 